Welcome to Startup Hacks, a We Global podcast. We explore the stories and secret strategies that women entrepreneurs use to save time and money when bootstrapping and building their businesses. I'm your host, Fernanda Carapina. Welcome back to another episode of Startup Hacks. I'm your host, Fernanda Carapina, and today I'm very excited to welcome Beverly Beatty. Beverly, it's so nice to have you on the show. Thank you, Fernanda. I'm excited to be here and spend this time with you today. Thank you. So I'm going to share a little bit about you with the audience. As founder and CEO of Selden Beatty, Beverly has been featured five times in Employee Benefit Advisor Magazine as an industry pathfinder and subsequently as Advisor of the Year. In September of 2020, Selden Beatty merged with One Digital, the nation's largest strategic benefits advisory firm. Beverly currently serves as the managing managing principal of the South Florida office. And congratulations, uh, Beverly, you've done what a lot of small business owners uh, dream of, which is to grow a really big business that you can then exit and um, move on and do other things. Thank you. Yes, it has been uh, actually recently a surreal experience, especially uh, happening in 2020, which was um you know, difficult year for many, um, but um, definitely was a milestone year for me. That's awesome. So before we start um, talking a little bit about your company and your entrepreneurial journey, I was wondering if you could give us a little backstory about Beverly, where she grew up, what, uh, what life was like, how you got started in this particular industry. Okay. Um, sure. So I was born and raised in sunny South Florida, uh, Miami, to be, um, you know, specific, uh, which is a rarity these days as we have quite an international population. Um, and so I was uh, raised by a single mother, uh, pretty much. Um, and my I had a brother. And so we grew up basically um, not wanting for anything, but certainly, um, you know, uh, our mother worked two jobs, you know, to make ends meet. So for me, my childhood was definitely one of helping her um, and, you know, growing up fast because I had a lot of responsibilities to, you know, help out at home and, and do things that um, perhaps... Uh, children at my age weren't doing yet. And I was doing, you know, 10 years old, um, you know, I was cleaning the house and helping my mom and, you know, writing checks to pay bills and things like that. So mm -hmm. I, I think that was uh, definitely um, an early start with a lot of responsibilities. And then went to public school um, and, and also went to college here locally. You know, I, again, I didn't want to leave my mother. I was there to help her and and, um, you know, put myself through college, paid my, off my own, you know, student loans and uh, and also took multiple different jobs while I was in college. So that was kind of my, you know, um, foundational upbringing and had an incredible mom uh, who was actually uh, a German baroness, which is a whole nother story, uh, who wow. immigrated. Yeah, she uh, immigrated to the U.S. Uh, when she was in her 30s after the war. And, um, you know, really just came here with nothing. And so she's, um, she was, uh, definitely a role model for me. And, um, and so, um, yeah, so that's kind of the foundation of, uh, of my upbringing. Well, I have to say, I think that 
first of all, it's really as hard as it is. Uh, I grew up as a child of a, we were immigrants. We moved to the United States when I was very young and I was a latchkey kid and very parentified as a child because I needed to be because my parents didn't speak English and I was kind of their translator everywhere they went. So I, I recognize now, as I'm sure you probably do, given the work that you've done professionally and as an entrepreneur, that it really kind of builds character and um, really enables you to be incredibly resourceful at various times in your life in ways that other people may think is incomprehensible because you've been doing it for so long. It is absolutely the truth. And as a parent, you know, we think about we want to give our children so much. And when you can give, you do give. And, and as I do and as I have. But there's the other side of that, too, that says, you know, don't give too much. Let them work for it. You know, let them fall down and, you know, pick themselves back up. And so it's, it's a, definitely a struggle. But I will tell you that um, I wouldn't have changed one thing about my upbringing because it really did make me uh, the woman that I am and gave me, a, you know, a very strong backbone to persevere through some very, very difficult times in my life. So tell us now a little bit about your professional journey and, um, I mean, did you start working in the corporate world? How did, how did you transition from corporate work, if you did go that route, to your entrepreneurial work? Okay. Um, great. So graduated from college and with a wonderful bachelor degree in marketing. Okay, what do you do with that? <laughs> so... <laughs> I really was like, back then, you looked for a job through the newspaper and the classified ads. Oh, my goodness. I'm dating myself. So <laughs> I, I, I ended up being hired um, by, um, from a, by a woman-owned company, which was really interesting. This was, uh, it was, was in the 80s. And uh, she was uh, quite a, an incredible uh, mentor for me. Uh, it was a national physician recruiting firm. Um, so this woman had started this firm in New York and then decided she wanted to live in Florida. So basically moved the headquarters to Florida, but had basically clients all in every state but Florida, interestingly enough. And um, she was, uh, as I said, an incredible role model. It was a company with about 50 employees. And uh, she was actually um, voted by Glamour Magazine as one of the most successful women in America then and went mm -hmm. to the White House, met President Reagan. Uh, so that wow. was a pretty cool uh, factoid about her. But um, I really realized I started in a very basic entry-level position at the company. I basically worked the mailing out letters to physicians that let them know about opportunities for a cardiologist in, you know, rural Iowa, or uh, they were looking for a chief of cardiology in a teaching hospital in Chicago. It was ran the gamut, and that was my job. And but quickly, quickly, I worked my way up uh, to the point where within just a few years, I was working alongside her in sales and marketing. And at probably about the age of 25, I was flying all over the country and I was meeting with physician leaders and executives and uh, trying to basically convince them that they should hire our firm on a retainer basis to find them the 10 family practitioners are needed or the three OBGYNs or whatever it was. And what was really interesting about that, and I did that for about eight and a half years, was 
I literally was flying all over the country. I don't even think at that time I had a cell phone. You found your way with a paper map. (laughs) And a lot of these places were rural. I mean, you're in California. I was in northern, northern California, like on the mountainside, finding some small town. I thought at some points I was going to fall to my death because the roads were so narrow. And I thought, I can't believe I'm doing this. But I was doing it. I was in New England, all over. And um, I really really learned how to speak with people early on in a way that I could articulate, I could make a case, I was convincing them they should hire us. And um, I was actually extremely successful at it and actually became the best in their history salesperson. I mean, I closed actually a mega million dollar account for them years ago that continued on for years to be their cash cow client. So I'm kind of famous in the company for that. So that was my start. And then, uh, truthfully, I was hired one of our clients that, uh, was now in Florida was working for as a CEO of a health system. So I went to visit him to try to get his business. And every time I did that, he was trying to, to hire me. And I was like, no, 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 I love my job. And I love the person I work for. So this went on for two years. And then at the point where he made me an offer, I could absolutely not refuse. <laughs> I said, <laughs> Okay, it's time to make the jump. And so I was hired by this, when I say health system, it's a health system being it was multi-hospital, multi-physician organization in South Florida. And it's actually today one of the largest in the Southeast. And I was hired to lead a corporate program where the system, the hospitals, the physicians were uh, actually um, going to partner with companies like Burger Kings and Coulter Electronics and big companies to help them reduce their health care costs. And then also their workers' comp costs and manage wellness and all of that. So it was this corporate pro- program, and my my role was to go out there and um, and to bring on new corporate partnerships. And uh, that's where I cut my teeth in beginning to understand healthcare, health insurance. You know what was broken, what was the what were the challenges employers were having, and I really felt their pain. And uh, again, this was like now the early 90s and everybody was complaining back then because it, um, a single health insurance premium had just reached $100. Oh my goodness. Mm-hmm. We were yeah. like, everybody was up in arms. So so that's that was my entree then into the corporate world of healthcare. Um, and then shortly after, um, there was um, a merging of hospitals and a big change there. And I was having my first child and I decided that, you know, I would take a break and figure out what I wanted to do. And um, the next thing I decided to do was that I was not going to work for anyone any longer, that I felt that, you know, I've really proven to myself what I have within me. And I think I want to benefit from the fruits of my labor more. And so I think I'm going to start my own company. And so Tell us a little bit about the company that you started and that you just sold. So I, uh, I started a company. Uh, I called it several things, but in general, it was um, Selden Beatty. That then, uh, as I mentioned last year, I sold to One Digital. So back in 1997, I believe, I uh, founded the company. And 
really the genesis for starting that company was the fact that when I met with employers, I really realized that they were very ill-served by uh, brokers and agents that I felt were more interested in just selling them insurance than really coming up with a strategic plan that helped them, uh, their workforce, their costs, something that was uh, really more globally oriented and multi-year oriented that helped, you know, move the company forward. And so I really saw a need to come to the market with a different approach and one that would really help to be more of a business partner for companies. And so that is why I decided to start the company and to really find companies that were looking for that kind of a partnership. Interesting. And then did you find that when you made the leap from the corporate life to an entrepreneurial journey that it was easy or was it Hmm. difficult, scary? (laughs) (laughs) Well, 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 that is that is a question we could talk about for a very long time. So it was definitely scary. It was uh, at first it was, well, I'm going to give this a shot. And if it doesn't work out, I'll figure out something else. So initially it was sort of that kind of attitude. And um, but, you know, quickly, you know, everything that I have to say when I put my mind to something, I am an all-in kind of person. I don't know 50%, 80%. I am, everyone that knows me knows I am not even a 100% person. I'm like a 150% person. I just don't know any other way. And so with that, uh, it took off pretty quickly. And I just started asking people, you know, if they would allow me to help them because I thought I was bringing something different and Uh, Not that I always got yeses, but I got a lot of yeses. And, you know, one thing, you know, one turned into three, turned into 10, turned into 20 pretty quickly. So I realized, wow, I think I'm really onto something here. And um, so that that part was nice. But as things started to grow and you started to build a critical mass and then you hire your first person, you know, that's going to come on and help you and that's where it really started to get interesting. And um, it's a difficult, my business is not an easy business. And there's a lot of, um, a lot of cutthroat that goes on a lot of people to try to, you know, take your business from you. And so you live with a lot of that fear that, you know, it's, it's all a matter of someone knocking on their door and telling them something that convinces them to go another direction and, you know, here today and gone tomorrow. So That was definitely a very, very heavy load for me for many, many years. Something that I actually had to get really like psychologically okay with because it definitely, I would live in fear a lot. Like somebody talking to my client or, you know, I I would even make things up in my mind. It was, it was Mm -hmm. awful. So that was, that was an adjustment. So let me ask you, Given um, given the work that you did, what did you find were some of the top three hacks that you leaned into um, to save you time and money and gain a competitive edge during those early days or, or even in those late days that you feel really helped you to be efficient, keep your sanity, whether it was mm-hmm. time management or strategic? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. 
So I really have to tell you that there are a few key things that have served me well. And I will not say that I always had it right. I learned this um, with time. But once I learned it, it really paid off in spades. But I'm going to start with by first telling you that, um, because I'm going to tell you three things. But I want to tell you that something that has really helped me from a self-care standpoint and a like hit the ground running standpoint is that because I had, you know, I had a lot of people to take care of. I had, you know, my children, you know, my family, my clients, um, um, you know, my employees. It was always that I had to do something to take care of me first in the day because the rest of the day was going to be for everyone else. And I wanted to have the maximum amount of energy that I just wanted to start the day like explosively. So I would commit every day to get up very early and I would work out at 6 a.m. And that for me was definitely my little secret weapon from a health standpoint um, and an energy standpoint because it, it, it made a huge difference. Um, and then I was ready to give, give, give. And next I would tell you is that I was always a rainmaker. So I had a team of people, but I was, I have always been the producer and everyone else was, you know, I would pass off and then they were to go and manage, um, and support. And so if, you know, a, a business is a business, if you make sales, right. You know, mm -hmm. and if you don't make sales, you don't have a business. Right. So I was the lifeblood of that. And so I always knew that, um, the first thing I had to do as a rainmaker was to make my, my business development initiatives every day, my number one priority. And the first thing that I did. So I pretty much hit the ground running with my reach outs, my calls. Um, and, and I felt so accomplished if, you know, if I said it was going to be one hour or three hours or the, the full morning to noon, it was all about doing all my business development activity initially. And then, you know, in order to get, so activity breeds results. So activity, activity, activity. So I would really commit to that. Um, and I would stay with that schedule and then I would feel like, okay, now I'll go do because that was also the hardest stuff, in my opinion. You know, it's it's even making those calls to people that you're kind of afraid to make a call to. And, you know, so I always did that first. Um, secondly was sometimes we get so busy just doing and we think busy, busy, busy is productive. But sometimes mm -hmm. it can be very counterproductive. Mm -hmm. You have to take time out to get off the hamster wheel and to really sit and get with your thoughts and think about your strategy, think about your market, think about what, you know, am I really hitting the mark of what my market really needs? Am I, am I communicating in a way that they understand it? My business is very complex and confusing. And sometimes we tend to over talk and people are like, they look at you with like, you know, a gaze because they're like, I'm not really sure what you're saying. And you try to, you're trying to sound smart and yet you're, you're missing your audience and things like that. So I, I think it's so important to sit back and really digest and think and strategize because one incredible idea can be so productive mm -hmm. that, you know, 10 times the amount of hours you've spent just doing you know, and you're missing the boat. So it's a very efficient and productive and a critically important thing is to carve out strategy setting time um, because it definitely will pay off. And then, um, and then I can't stress this enough. 
And boy, did I learn this through trial and error. Getting the right people on board in the right positions is golden. And to the contrary, hiring the wrong people can be death. Mm -hmm. I cannot tell you how pivotal it has been when I have hired people that have really just been such a key person to our success that it really, it's like, I don't know what I'd do without them. And they have really, really helped, you know, catapult the company forward. And, and again, the, when I have made some very bad hiring decisions, the, the negative results are like, it's residual, the loss of time, the lo- clearly compensation, you know, you're set back. It's a, it's a, it sucks the morale from your team. Um, and sometimes even after you potentially have to let someone go, you know, there's a residual negativity that flows back from <laughs> things that they can do, things they can post online. I mean, it's just, so hire slow, thoughtfully, carefully, really take the time to build your hiring strategy and finding the key people. And even if you have to pay some, a little bit more, think big because, it's those people that are so good at what they do and valuable that can make your company, you know, the ROI on that in terms of revenue can be astounding. So that I would say is something I have definitely learned along the way. Those are super, super good points. And I would echo the, um, the hamster wheel point that I, I do feel for, especially for small business owners who are revenue flowing that it's important to work on um, to work on your business, not just mm-hmm. in your business. Um, yeah, to, to quote to quote my friend Priscilla McKinney. So let me ask you one last question before we wrap up, because unfortunately we're running out of time. Um, if there uh, if there was one thing that you could share with our entrepreneur audience a piece of advice that you wish someone had given you when you were starting out um, that you'd like to share with them, what would it be? Um, A piece of advice starting out. Well, I mean, if, if it's not something that I just mentioned, like the hiring thing, I would, I would probably say that, There still is having a balance is extremely important because we get so sucked into what we're trying to create and we get so um, blindsided on everything else. And I really believe that in order to be the best that you can be in your business and have the energy that you need to have and have the right mental space, you definitely have to allow yourself time to recharge, to recalibrate, to spend time with people that you love and that are important because that recharges you. And it just gives you that much more fuel and brain power and energy physically, mentally, to be able to really 
do what you do well and love what you do. And so that I think is, is, and, and, and enjoy your life while you're creating something that you want to be proud of. Well, that's beautiful. Thank you. And so, so right on. Well, thank you, Beverly. Unfortunately, our time is up. Thank you for being on Startup Hacks. Your advice and your recommendations are excellent, and I'm sure a lot of people are going to be benefiting from them. If someone would like to um, follow you or um, follow up in any way, do you want to share a website or a LinkedIn address? Yes. Uh, well, my link, my website uh, still is seldombeatty.com. Um, my LinkedIn address is you can find me, Beverly Beatty. Uh, on LinkedIn. And uh, I think if you Google Beverly Beattie, Selden Beattie, you will definitely find me uh, on on Google and on the internet and on LinkedIn. Thank you. And congratulations again on your sale of your business. Thank you, Fernanda. It's been a pleasure spending this afternoon with you. Thank you. So thank you again. Tune in next week for another episode of Startup Hacks, where we get to explore another founder's journey and their secrets to success. We'll see you next week. Thank you for joining Startup Hack. Tune in next week for more interviews. We have another great show you won't want to miss on the secret female founder strategies that can save you time and money when building your business. This podcast is brought to you by Women Entrepreneurs Global, the first startup studio and digital do-it-yourself startup platform for women. For more information on our guests, this podcast, and many other female founder programs, please visit womenentrepreneurs.global. I'm your host, Fernanda Carapina. See you next week.